Mike, turn your games down. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another What Are You Playing? December episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Culberton, and who's What Are You Playing with me tonight? Uh, we got Vincent Goodwin of, uh, I was about to say my department from my work calls. But uh, no, <laughs> uh, I'm Vincent Goodwin of some of my friends read comic podcast and the that was a game uh, video show. And I'm Kendall Holman of the Kendallcast.ninja podcast network. Yeah, that's all sounds about right. Lots of stuff. <laughs> stuff that I've been on, too. Well, I used to be on your Pokemon episode you used to do. Yep. But that was a while ago. Yep. Been thinking about been thinking about uh, doing some more episodes of that, but I don't know. It's too many podcasts. That's the problem with being a podcaster is like every day I come up with an idea for a new podcast. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I can turn it into like a one-off thing that I can do or a, or like a, an occasional thing. But like there's just like too many. There's just like too many ideas. Like yesterday I thought of an idea for a podcast called 05678 in which we talk about pop culture and news items from 2005 through 2008. And there's no way I'm going to do that. Yeah. No. But, uh, you know, yeah, I don't foresee you but doing still that original character. Do not steal. Yeah, I have, I have, I have, I have a project where I'm like, I'm going to cover, I'm going to do a video series or some type of podcast series covering every issue of Nintendo power, but only the ones I started with. So the ones like in 93 and it was originally going to be like 25 years later, but then I missed the mark. So I'm like, maybe I could do it 30 years later. In 2023. <laughs> we're yeah. close enough now. It's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, uh, yeah, I've, I've done that with, we were going to do on the 15 year anniversary of, House of M. We were gonna. I was gonna do a big deep dive into House of M, and then we missed that. So now we're doing a deep dive into Civil War on the 15 year anniversary. Nice. Ugh. Fortunately, oh. there's there's one of those big big crossover events every year. So yeah, as long as yeah, we, we can we, finish Civil War, that's the other problem. Is we have are, you just, are, you like, just, are you just doing the core? We covered the core Civil War for my podcast. Uh, uh, no, so no, all every comics, single crossover, every like single frontline and everything. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, insanity. it's like 90 some issues. Yeah, what, we're 50 uh, of them are garbage. I, I don't do know. I, I've been I've been really pleasantly supor- surprised. We are we've done we do nine nine issues uh, as on the Polis podcast. We do nine issues an episode and it uh, looks like we've done six so far this year. So I guess it's been like every other month. I think we actually I think I actually have a seventh one recorded that I haven't. Um, so that's 36 issues. Jeez, we're like nowhere near. No, that's <laughs> not how should... math works. 63 issues. What I love about Civil War is the idea that like every single writer interpreted the Superhero uh, Registration Act differently. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no consistency, it feels like. Um, some of it's like, if you have a power, you have to become a cop. And other people right. are like, if you want to help people, then you have to become a cop and register. Right. And it, it seems like radically. And, and, then you'll, and then there's bullshit that's like buried, like The Eternals by Neil Gaiman. It's also like a Civil War crossover that doesn't mention it at all. Except right. Tony well, Stark okay. tries to register them all. So so I will say I will say that I I like the I, I've I've definitely run into the like it's not clear exactly what the law is, but I kind of think that's how the real world works too, right? Oh, like that, you're right. like you know, <laughs> the way that laws are enforced is is arbitrary depending on you know, depending on your on yourself and your and, and everything. I think the clo- the that the 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 way that the thing that makes the most sense is the way that they the way that they enforce it for Wonder Man, where you get registered if you have like you need to register if you have superpowers or if you're going to be a vigilante, and then you don't have to do the thing, but 
once you're registered, they know all your skeletons in your closet. Mm-hmm. You know, so like they use the fact that he has like tax evasion to <laughs> to recruit him. Um, <laughs> and and I think that I think that makes the most sense where they like kind of you know they twist your arm. And I mean, maybe if you were like like also, I think Cloud Nine who gets introduced in the initiative, she definitely doesn't want to be a superhero, but she got caught, you know, flying her cloud in airspace and she would have gone to jail otherwise, you know, okay. just because she's just because she's doing a thing that you're not allowed to do. And so I think sometimes, sometimes working with, but no, I agree. I agree with you. That's me. That's my like Marvel, no prize answer. Yeah. Yeah. But, Cause you'd just be like, you know, like, Oh, well, you know, I can run a marathon. Does that count? No, it doesn't. Like what, what what's my defining line right. between like power and not. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right. And it and and I and I do think I do think that that's where and then like the X, you know, like the X-Men are like, well, we'll well, we're not going to we're not going to register, but we're not going to fight. And they're like, well, uh, you guys are mutants. You guys have enough problems. We'll leave you alone. <laughs> we'll write you out of this one. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll sort of well, they have I mean, they have their own, you know, they have their own uh, their own tie in series and their own, uh, which which is, you know, decent enough. But like, you know, they're sort of they're like they're like we have. There's enough baggage when it comes to persecuting mutants that we're not going to go out of our way to force them to register if they don't want to, you know, like it's uh, yeah, I mean, it's like I said, it's it's like the real world to an extent. It's like the real world, the way that laws are enforced differently in different situations. Yeah, it's also interesting, like they should have I'm just saying they should have written out the Superhuman Registration Act, you know, published it, uh, you know, published it online, Mm -hmm. you know, in, in legalese, you know. That's that's probably what that probably would have happened if it came out now. Yeah. <laughs> did they did they do that with the Is Sokovia it, Accord? Uh, I don't. <laughs> that'd be funny. Yeah, I was just like tweeted like by a fake like UN or Shield account. Yeah, that'd be mm-hmm. hilarious. <laughs> I just remember like Tony Hawk's and Tony 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 Hawk. No, Tony Stark's a dick. Tony Hawk rules. He's the he's the good Tony. Um, but. Yeah, that's uh, Civil War is a book, and I, I know my uh, we covered the the core book, but I'd, I'd be interested to read like Frontlines again, or like Young Avengers Runaways, or something like that. Frontlines, Frontlines, really good. Young Avengers, uh, they didn't. Or Young Avengers Runaways, the Runaways didn't know that the that the that the the Superhuman Registration Act came out because there are a bunch of kids. They don't watch the news. <laughs> <laughs> so so they they just like show up to you know stop a a scroll attacking a certain like a county fair or something like that and and then they get in trouble they're like what they're like don't you watch the news like no we watch friends reruns <laughs> okay that's so i'm yeah. on ign reading about video games what do you yeah want? yeah exactly yeah it's like it's, it's i really and then the other of course the other thing about civil war is in some ways it is the beginning of the MCU um, in that, like it, it elevates Iron Man and Captain America and the Avengers kind of above the X-Men. And it's one of the earliest things to do that. But also it's like very not the MCU because Tony Stark doesn't look like Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> and, like and, and, and Tony Stark is the villain. Yeah. You, you know, so, so like when I saw the first Iron Man movie, it was, I was like, am I, am I allowed to like Iron Man again? And then, That's you know, that, and then that, that same week, Matt Fraction's Invincible Iron Man came out and it's like, oh yeah, we are allowed to, we are allowed to like Iron Man again. Uh-huh. That's interesting. I'm, yeah, you're right. Cause like the synergy of that, it was, I, they had to have known, I don't, I don't know when Iron Man one was in development. It came out in 08. 
I have to imagine they were working on it for four or five years to try to get off the ground. But making the entire the major villain of the of the Marvel comics, Iron Man, during that for like a two year span, right before that movie came out, that's a really weird timing. Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't so, think they expected a whole yeah, lot. Yeah, so if you want to hear more about that, yeah, uh, the poll list on uh, the poll list podcast <laughs> on uh, on Kendallcast or on on the uh, the podcatcher of your choice, the Kendallcast poll list podcast. We we dive deep, six parts. Just like so, that's like nine hours of content that we've that we, we've talked about the first two thirds of Civil War. That's too much Civil War. I at one point I had in, insanity where I was downloading comics and i'm like okay i'm gonna read the entire series of comics like i was gonna read the whole civil war i never it never happened mm. i just couldn't do it anymore well the good thing about civil war is you read the main it, it, it does a really good job of you read the main book and really you don't even read the main book you read like the first issue of the main book mm-hmm. and then you can read like whatever as many or as few tie-ins as you want right it's weird though because like they, they actually had to like stop publishing the entire marvel comics line if if the core book got behind because like every every single marvel book like for september would be fallout from civil war three and then if civil war four got delayed then every all the october issues had to wait for civil war four to come out it was very weird but yeah that's not good yeah but it was super interesting because it'd be like peter parker you know uh unmasked himself at the end of civil war two and then every single marvel issue then like deals with like holy shit peter parker's amazing spider-man you know, yeah. so, which is cool. Yeah, it was very it was very cool at the time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It was definitely hard to read yeah. now, but definitely like living. <laughs> it was very fun and being on the Internet, not paying attention to the real news. Just and I mean, Newsarama. I mean, yeah. and I mean, I, I would say, yeah, like I said, you read the read the main book and read the the tie ins that you're that you're interested in. And if you are interested in doing the deep dive, I mean, you don't have to none of these events. You have to read every single issue i tried with secret wars when that first came out the the new one and yeah, oh, yeah. I, I learned real fast don't do that yeah just cherry pick what sounds interesting well, that's, to you. and that that main book was hickman so i couldn't tell <laughs> i couldn't tell you i couldn't tell you what happened in 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 secret wars but i loved 1872 and i loved thor's and i loved old man logan mm-hmm. and i loved uh i love actually the civil war the secret wars civil war was really good <laughs> It was basically what it because because the all the secret wars tie-ins were were what were basically mini series of what ifs. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the Civil War one was what if they kept fighting, you know, and because basically at the end of Civil War, Captain America's like we're we're just cause we're cause at this point we're causing more trouble than it's worth or or you know you know we're we're just fighting each other and causing all this property damage. We're not we're not it's at the expense of us helping people which is why we're here is you know and and so if he didn't do that and they kept fighting then apparently the united states would become a post-apocalyptic landscape that's <laughs> like half half controlled by iron man and half controlled by captain america and it's charles soul wrote it and it's like i do love charles soul he does write really good comics so i give him the benefit of the doubt on that I, I go back and forth on charles soul sometimes i really like his stuff sometimes i think that he is well, or well, okay, not sometimes, but <laughs> sometimes I really like his stuff. Other times he is, he's definitely one of the people that works for Marvel that Marvel is like, okay, so big picture editorial, we want to elevate the inhumans and we want this, 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 and this to happen. Can you make a book that does that? And he does that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, and it's very, it'll be very specific 
house style. Although his although his his Star Wars work yeah um has has gotten just gotten better and better because he started out writing you know Darth that Vader, that right? Obi Wan that Obi Wan oh. Anakin miniseries which was fine but very much like this is some of the first prequel content that has come out since Disney obtained yeah. the license. Somebody's got to do it. And Charles soul was like, yeah, I'll do it. And I'll write 11 other books and still, uh, and still practice law, uh, still run a law firm. <laughs> yeah. Cause he was, he wrote daredevil. Also. I remember that being like the, a real lawyer's writing daredevil. Yeah. Yeah. Um, his and swamp thing though. Did you read that? I didn't read, I didn't read his swamp thing. No, that was, was really, that was really good. Early stuff. Yeah. I read his she Hulk. Which okay. Also lawyer. He, when he, yeah, which he wrote She-Hulk, like, li- like literally while he was practice, while he was still practicing law. And yeah, that was mostly, mostly good. I think Dan Slott's She-Hulk's a little better, but, uh, but still super iconic. And there's going to be a She-Hulk TV series coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need to read the She-Hulk. I'm, I'm sorry, we just turned to a comic book podcast, Mike. That's okay. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, the She-Hulk, I've been trying to get the guys on my podcast, uh, some of my friends read comics to read the, I think there's a time crimes one the by she hulk or uh, by dan, dan slot with she hulk that arc sounds really good it's got owen wilson's character from loki in it um that i mm. want to read um, right right yeah she has to defend her existence or something I, yeah, yeah there's there's some guy i don't remember what it uh, is something about like a guy knows he's going to be murdered by somebody in the future so then he murders him it's like a precog thing yeah i think the dan slot run is only like less than 30 issues it's and it's it's really good it's i think it's one of the things that one one of a handful of of uh of things that took him from being the you know looney tunes licensed guy to mm-hmm. being Spider-Man the guy. mastermind of spider-man with yeah. brand new day yeah that and his uh his great lakes avengers run i also yeah. like i read uh, glx every uh, glx miss every year <laughs> so good oh man so, so what you've been playing, guys? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll go first. I am actually I only played two games that weren't for the podcast this month, which is not unusual for me. I played two beat 'em ups actually. Uh, Final Fight Three on the SNES. Okay. I had a a buddy of mine came up to visit for the weekend because we had a what we what we do every year we do a friendsgiving, which is kind of like Thanksgiving, but you invite all your friends to the family and you all bring a dish, and we did that. So he came. We're, and I got to replay most of Final Fight 3. That game still holds up super well, especially when you put on cheats where you have infinite lights and you just don't care and you just beat everything up. It's fun as hell. And that's a really good that game. One, that one is two-player, right? Because yes, Final Fight 1 is not? Okay. Well, one's the only one on Super Nintendo that isn't. 3 is has multi has two players. 3 also has like fighting moves you can put in inputs to do like special special attack. Oh, like, like Street Fighter-type fighting moves yeah. or something? Okay. That's cool. It's actually... Holds up. We didn't get a chance to finish it, but it it's still a very good game, and I was surprised how much I enjoy it. And I also the only only other game I play that I want to mention is I played Nice Around finally for well, I have the Capcom beat 'em up collection, which is in there, mm-hmm. and I have I have we me and him had played it back when we were kids, but we never really got anywhere because that game is hard as hell. And I finally beat that game and really, you know, had infinite lives, and it was really damn good. So it's still fun. It's a hard ass game, but it's fun. Especially when you're cheating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah, missed, I missed I, both I, of these I, when they came out. I really <laughs> like beat 'em ups, but it is it is a little bit a little bit of a I don't know. It's a hard it's a hard balance to strike between like they're they're all I mean they're all too hard. But then I found like if you do like when I go to the you know when I go to the barcade and play the X Men arcade, 
<laughs> and and I just, you know, just beat everyone by hitting them with my face. You know, if you if they if you if they if you just keep letting them punch you, eventually their wrist their fists will start to hurt. <laughs> you know, and it it takes a little bit away from the experience having unlimited lives, but but also like or maybe it, or maybe it just, or maybe it just reveals kind of the shallowness of those games. Yeah, but I don't want to admit that. Yeah. I don't want to admit that because I do like. I really like the concept of walking sideways and punching things, but it's just, it's just. I wish that some of those games had, uh, they, they, they were a little bit better balanced because, yeah, like you know, I don't know. When I played through the Simpsons arcade, or when I played through the X Men arcade, and I just, you know, let my just. Yeah, like I get like two punches in and then I die and then I get two punches in and then I die <laughs> and eventually there's enough punches. It's kind of a it's kind of a bummer. And then also like I play you still there. I lost him too. So Vince, what have you been playing? Well, I, I was going to comment more on what Kendall was saying about the, the beat em ups. Um, sure, feel free. Yeah. So like I have a hard time. And this is going to ruin my street cred. I have a hard time with the beat em ups that don't have licenses related to them. So like I never got in a final fight or Streets of Rage. Just because they were like, these are dudes like I don't really care. So I was always like an X-Men or Simpsons. But to me, like how Kindle's saying, though, like they are just really dumb beat em ups. But they're kind of the perfect retro experience where I play them for 20 minutes and I'm like, I got what I needed out of this. And then I'm done. Like, I don't need like I don't need to play X-Men like as my only game for six months um, and have it every time, every sleepover. It's like I played it for 20 minutes and I'm done. I think that once the uh, like the, the genre started getting like leveling up and like little numbers above the head like Diablo is where it kind of like went and then Castle Crashers and Scott Pilgrim kind of added leveling up. And I think that worked really well. But so so were you a Final Fighter or Streets of Rage guy, Mike? I actually have never played. I've only ever played Streets of Rage one. I never played uh, two or three. Yeah, I played them like, you know, I got them on the 3DS, but I played them by myself. And, you know, it's like, well, what is this experience? It's just punching, I don't punching. I don't. But I'm sure people love it much unless mm-hmm. I am in a situation where I have somebody that a friend is around to play them with. Otherwise, I don't mm-hmm. play them. But I'm a Final Fight guy. Final Fight 2 is what I really grew up on. That was a game that we used to rent a lot. And I played a bunch with my dad back mm-hmm. when I was younger. So that that would be the game that always sticks with me. Okay. All right. Well, what have I been playing? I've got a lot going on. We'll, we'll, we'll stay on the beat-em-up train. I've been playing. Sure. Um, well, I just beat. It's not a beat-em-up, but it's close enough. I beat Yakuza Like a Dragon, which is uh, Yakuza 7. Um, I beat that finally after playing it for a year on my Xbox Series X. Um, I had it actually purchased. and Now it's on Game Pass, so you can get it that way. But it's it's I don't know. Have you ever played a Yakuza game, Mike? Uh, no, I own multiple of them. Okay, <laughs> and they're on my list to play them. But I I I've heard about them. Like I know seven is seven like the RPG one. Seven is an RPG one. They changed the so basically the way the combat styling of Yakuza zero through six. And I think there's like a zombie one or two also. They're traditionally beat em ups like you run and then like in an RPG, you see some guys on the on the map. You run up to them and it kind of cuts to like a fighting sequence. And then you beat them up with like different moves. You acquire different special moves and then you uh, level up. You have little numbers appear above your head. It's pretty cool. But they changed it for uh, Yakuza 7 and changed it into like a four party, uh, a four member party RPG. Players very much main characters very much into Dragon Quest. He's even got a bad haircut that makes him look like a kind of like a Dragon Quest uh, Toriyama, like spiky haired guy. And he always like envisions his like villains as like Dragon Quest um, type villains. And it has a little like, you know, level up music that sounds like Dragon Quest. But what's really cool about it is like the, if you're not if you're not familiar with the story, it's like usually like a very serious crime story. And this one's really no different. 
Yakuza Like a Dragon, it has a new protagonist for the series, but it's about a guy who like takes a fall for a crime he didn't commit to protect his his mob family and specifically his mob boss that he really loves, played by George Takai. It's and it's fucking good though. Like I usually don't like story-based games, and these are like 30 to 40 minute scenes. And I'm like, usually when I try to play Yakuza Zero, like about a couple of years ago, I'm like, let me play this fucking game. Yeah, um, Yakuza Seven. I, I think I went in knowing this, so I just like set up a pile of laundry where we set up <laughs> breakfast and then just like drink my coffee leisurely and watch these sequences. And the and I love crime stories. I love like Ed Brubaker's criminal comics. So like this is like up my alley. And so he, when the guy gets out of prison, like his family, his mob family has been absorbed by a rival mob family. And George Sakai's like not talking to him anymore. And it's kind of fucked up. And then so it's like this really interesting story. They go into like all these political issues like about like Chinese immigrants and Korean immigrants in Japan, how they're not part of the system. And so then they don't get public schooling. So then they can't get jobs and they can't get social benefits. So it's about like immigration and it's about like homelessness. And uh, it's very sex positive about sex workers. I'm an ex-con. I try to run for political office. And my son, who's like seven, got really mad that everybody was kept bringing up my criminal record, even though I did my time. It was like, it's, it's like crazy. And then it's mixed with like the stupidest, stupidest things. Like sometimes you just like fight a like, a like an excavator and a bulldozer will be villains or you'll fight it like a rich person's tiger. <laughs> and then there, my, my favorite one is, is there's, there's an art house movie theater that you have a friend who runs an art house theater, but all his fr- films like suck and they're super boring. But in order to make him feel good, you have to stay awake during the movie. So then there's like all the, there's like a mini game where like all these things are like trying to make you fall asleep and you got to like fight them off. They're called like the Rem Rams. And it's stupid. And then, like, if you stay away during the whole movie, then your friend feels better about his movie theater, even though it's got no attendance. It's really dumb and it's really cute. And then there's stuff like and I'll bring this up because I'm gonna bring out my next game, too, is there's like a there's one section where there's this thing called it's a persimmon tree, which I guess is a persimmon's like a fruit. I'm not that cultured. But <laughs> there's this like poor girl. She's sick. And she's in her building, and the only thing that makes her happy is looking at this one little persimmon on her tree. But then, like, this sumo guy will be like, I lost my partner, so then I'm going to wrestle this tree to practice. So, like, oh, the persimmon's going to fall off. So then I have to go on this side quest to go, like, help this dude, this sumo wrestler, find a partner so then he can, you know, protect this tree. And then this idiot, like, incel gets a little, like, uh, BB gun and tries to keep shooting and practice persimmon tree. So then I have to go beat this kid up um, and break all his guns. So... It's a really fun game. It took me about 60 hours. I don't beat games usually. I loved it. The story was great. It was like, it's just like, it was a fun RPG. It was, it was just like everything about it, like just worked. And so then I immediately went into Lost Judgment. And the Yakuza series is made by Ryu Gigaton. I don't, I don't think I pronounced that right at all. But it's the studio that alternates between Yakuza games and Lost Judgment or Judgment. And there's two different protagonists. But the cool thing is, is they take place in the same city partially due to developer laziness like we made this map like we're That's, not gonna that doesn't bother me though i like when game different game it, series connect it's it's really cool because like the mob families that were talked about in yakuza like the omi alliance it's pushed the for- story forward so like i'm getting through the story i'm playing a different protagonist i'm a detective it's got a different battle style a lot like the beat-em-up style of the original yakuza games and i'm i'm going through and i'm in this map and i love the developer laziness like we built this we're not gonna do this but also, like, I went to go check out that persimmon tree, and I was actually sad that, like, in the year it's been since the last game, like, that's gone. And I went to, like, my bar, and, like, you know, nobody recognized me because I'm a different character. But it's just, like, fun uh, to see, like, am I oh, back? everything's different. Yep, you're back, Kendall. Okay, okay. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> and, but it's just, like, it, it, and this game is, it's similarly heavy. Like, I'm in a, I'm in a high school, and I'm a detective investigating bullying. 
because there's a risk of like teen suicide and and slut shaming and writing like you're a slut on this little girl. And I'm like, oh, well, this isn't as fun to watch around my son. So I'm not playing that one around my son. So it's a little more slow going. But I do think it's supposed to get fun again. Like I join a BattleBots club at the school later is supposedly what I'm going to be doing. So Lost Judgment's cool. Yakuza 7, big recommend. I spent a year doing it and then immediately rolled into the next game. And then if you have Game Pass, Yakuza 0 through 7 are all available on uh, Game Pass. So check okay. that out. Uh, Kendall, you were talking about X-Men when we lost you. <laughs> I was talking about, I was, I'm sure, I'm sure whatever I said, I, I said my piece. And okay. uh, uh, yeah, I don't think, I don't think I had anything meaningful more to add. Any other games you've been playing, Kendall? Yeah, so I've been playing. I've been playing Pokemon for the thing. <laughs> episode which tonight, we'll talk about in another episode. I've been playing the Star Wars CCG and won my won my regional. Ooh, That's uh, that was well, cool. my, not that. my regional. Somebody else's regional. I lost my regional, but I want. I am the Nalhutta champion. Uh, if I didn't mention this on a previous episode, I play the Star Wars customizable card game, which has been out of print for uh, about 20 years uh but there's yeah uh, i was about to ask like the one from like 1996 like that one yes yes that one and there's a there's a group uh called the players committee on the internet that has kept the game alive they have an agreement with lucasfilm to um as long as they jump through a bunch of hoops they can uh they can design uh what you call virtual cards to kind of keep the the metagame shifting and and introduce concepts from uh, new star wars stuff We've got a Kylo Ren and a Ray and all that stuff. Oh, weird! It's 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 pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. We can't use uh we can't use movie pictures, so we get uh, we get cosplayers. Um, <laughs> but uh, or my favorite thing is, and they don't do this very much anymore, but sometimes there will be a picture because we can use images from existing cards. So there will be a picture that looks like another character, and we can. And we can virtualize it and use that picture. Like, like there's one that that has that's got a, a particular shot of Boba Fett that kind of looks like Django Fett. So they used that for Django Fett. Or there's like uh, there are certain there's there's like a character that looks kind of vaguely if you squint like Bail Organa. And so they, 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 <laughs> gave, him a, they gave him a card using that using that image is it's 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 pretty it's pretty awesome and you can play for free at uh play.starwarscg.org it's uh it's it's lots of fun but i uh yeah i went to i drove out to indianapolis last weekend uh which is about a three-hour drive we had six players and played four rounds i went three and one and two other people also went three and one so it was a three-way tie out of six players but they decided that i won so I'm pretty happy about that. <laughs> and yeah, you're actually known in, in this because I at my job where I used to work, I had a guy come in, he printed Star Wars cards. And I'm like, hey, you know, I you know this podcast. He's like, you know, Kendall. I'm like, yeah, I know Kendall. And it was pretty funny. That happened one wow. some guy. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a small it's a small world. Um, and I have had the I have had the opportunity to interview the the lead designer from the 90s a handful of times. Uh, it's also on the pod on the Kendall cast feed. Uh, so it's it's a it's pretty it's pretty cool stuff. Then the other game that I've been playing, and I really hope that I because I've been playing it very slowly, like an hour every two weeks for like <laughs> the last several months. So I really hope I didn't bring it up on the last episode. But uh, I've been playing Doom 2016, which is uh, just a little bit too hard, mm-hmm. but otherwise, but otherwise really good. 
And yes, I know I could put it on easy, but I don't, I'm not secure enough in my masculinity to play mm-hmm. games on easy. You're not like me who just, well, yeah, but do you, whatever. Play, you play 50 games a year. If I was, if, if I play more than that, I well, yeah, yes, yes. But that, okay. You play more than 50 games a year. So you can justify that and still be secure in your, in your confidence. <laughs> I, I play like, I play like three games a year. So, you know, if I can't, if I can't even, if I can't even get, get to the end of a 12 hour game on regular difficulty, then I just, you know, may as well turn in my man card. (laughs) That card was ripped up a long time ago for me. I I know that's, (laughs) I know that's toxic masculinity and I'm usually in most areas of my life. I'm not toxically masculine, but that's, (laughs) you know, it is, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, it's just a video game, so that's the thing that you decide to yeah, stick with. That there are a, a lot worse video game first. on top of that. Yeah, you're only going to be toxically masculine to yourself. Like that, I guess, is fair. And somewhere uh, you're making <laughs> Ninja proud. You know, he doesn't have any idea who you are. All of a sudden, he felt proud that you're not cheating yourself. <laughs> <sighs> I will always make fun of that stupid quote. Was he the yep. one that made that quote? I'm pretty sure he was the one that first made that quote. Where it's like if you cheat in the game, you're cheating. You're 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 cheating yourself. You didn't try. You didn't earn it. That whole it's a video game. If you have fun, that's all that matters. Yep, it's literally a toy. Yes, I mean it doesn't does not matter for me. I always have to play on easy because well, like you said, I do play like over at this currently this year. I think I have beaten well over. I'm at 58 games so far this year. So and I'm going to be over 60 by the time this year ends. But that's just I'm insane. So that's part of it. But yeah, I get it. Anything else you've been playing? Trying to think, not so really. You, you were you said you were the Pokemon guy and had like Pokemon podcasts. Have you played Shining Pearl or Brilliant Diamond at all? I ha- I haven't yet. No, I'm I'm uh, hoping to get it for Christmas. I just haven't had a lot of time oh, for video games. Oh, oh, there's a game that I played. No, there is another game that I played. I got Cruisin' Blast for the Switch. Yes, that was on my list too. Oh really? I what thought I was the only one. Cruisin' Blast. It's like in the Cruisin' USA uh, genre or mm-hmm. all franchise. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> And it's uh, it's it's pretty good. My only complaint is that the functionality is different depending on how many players you have. Okay. So like, I was playing the two, pl- so two players you can play like the the circuits and play like a bunch of different races. And then I had people over and set it up on my projector, and it was like, oh, we're gonna play. It's gonna be awesome. And then we go to four players, and there's like four races that you can play. Ugh. So, yeah, that's... I mean, I guess that makes sense because there's like certain like bullshit, like things that happen in the, on the stage that I think would be hard to like tune to four players. I mean, may- maybe, but yeah. figure it out. Mario Kart it's, figured it out. It's so yeah, Mike, um, I, I, I don't I'm sure you played like Cruising USA and stuff back in the back day. In the day. Yeah, which I loved in the arcades, and then I got home and played it on the 64. I'm like, this is shit. And so, like, I didn't really ever touch a cruising game like uh, World or Cruising Exotica or any of those other ones. I just but cruising came back. Yeah, it's it, it's been an arcade game, and it actually is still made by Eugene Jarvis, who made like Defender and Robotron and Smash TV back in the day. <laughs> and he's been plugging away, and it I mean, it absolutely still feels like a Dave and Buster's racing game. If you've seen like those Fast and the Furious games or like Dirty Driving or any of those games, it's just like a tube racer. Like there's there's hard, it's really hard to fuck up in uh, Cruising Blast. Like you're just forward momentum, even if like you crash into a wall or like get flipped over. You're still like bumping weird ways, but it, it, it fully embraces its stupidity. Like there's dinosaurs running around and like, there's a London level where like the London eye Ferris wheel just rolls across the screen. Um, it hurts the frame rate, but it's, it's stupid and it's fun. 
and you can press double press like the A button or B button to like do a wheelie, which gives you a speed boost. So you just like pop in wheelies in your sports car, like the whole race and like running over your opponents. It's super campy and it's a lot of fun. It, yeah. It's not skill based. It's again, like like I said, with the beat em up, it's like you play about 20, 30 minutes. Like, yep, I got it. I, I've had my fill today. Um, it's not a game you're going to play for like five hours, like Forza or anything like that. But <laughs> but I just remember. I only remember cruising USA because it was multi. It was a co-op kind of like you could race together on back mm-hmm. on the 64. That's the only reason I remember it. I, I, I remember it because it was one of the two games that um, said coming for the Nintendo Ultra 64. It was that and Killer Instinct had like that branding on the arcade machine. Yeah, what happened with that? And they got rid of the word Ultra <laughs> for some reason. And it really wasn't running on that hardware because the home port sucked. So I know <laughs> there is none. I mean, you have the expansion pack, but that's it. Yeah. But yeah, Blast is a lot of fun. It's a it's a it's a fun campy racer, and it's been on pretty good discount. I would say like thirty bucks, thirty to forty bucks, wherever you can find. I mean, it that, that is a good discount, but not to me because I'm cheap as hell. Yeah, I just bought Avengers actually for ten bucks over Black Friday mm-hmm. sale. Have you got a chance to play it at all? Of course not, but I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> it's sitting on top of my my table on my stack right by my PS4. I'm like, I'm gonna play this one day, and you haven't even opened it yet. I enjoyed I enjoyed Avengers and uh, my my buddy says that the uh, Hawkeye campaign is really good because it's got some DLC that I think is is um you know probably short bite sized chunks like the the Spider Man one for PS4 PS5 is supposed to be a little underwhelming because they didn't record dialogue for him but the Black Panther one and the Hawkeye ones are supposed to be pretty good but on that tip I played uh, Guardians of the Galaxy which is very very similar to Avengers and I've been playing that over the last uh, week or so. It's it, it controls very similar to Avengers and it's made by Square Enix's like other studio because Avengers was made by the Tomb Raider studio, I think Crystal Dynamics. And then whoever made the third Tomb Raider, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, yes. I think they made Guardians of the Galaxy. So story wise, you know, pretty good. Visually, it's pretty good. It's got that cool cosmic neon like look that all Marvel movies. They, they all look kind of like their characters, but also kind of not like the movie characters. But it's. It's got good platforming the way the Tomb Raider ones are, you know, like walking down car- corridors and Star-Lord feels really good to control. He's got this kind of like double double ho- hover jump with his like rocket boots. You only control Star-Lord. You're not controlling any of the other characters in the uh, in the group, um, but they end up being like your basically like your powers. So like you'll be like, I want Rocket Raccoon to throw a grenade and then I want Groot to like grab people and like, you know, do an AOE effect and then. Drax will do a sword attack. And so you're holding like one of the one of the shoulder buttons and then pushing that. So basically you're one player and then your magic spells are your different members of the Guardians of the Galaxy. It's pretty fun. Your mileage may vary. I personally I started to see behind the facade a bit of it where at least through the first three chapters, it's all all the combat is very much like you fall into a pit or a kill room and then you you fight enemies until they're all dead. And then you go to and then you walk down another tube, you platform a bit. There's no like snipers behind cover that you have to like dodge or anything like you would find in a tomb raider game or uncharted or any other action game like jedi fallen order it's <laughs> you know the only combat is in these at least in the first three chapters is all like in uh kill rooms okay but it's cool guardian does look, i really want to play it I'm it'll it, i'm sure it'll follow the same trajectory it'll be ten dollars next year for you and then and then your mom will find it <laughs> <laughs> uh it's it's on my list so any i think that cover all the games that we want to mention before we go on to films that we've been um, seeing I have well, I've been playing. I'll, I'll cover it real quickly. I've been playing Pokemon Shining Pearl. It's just a really good shut off my brain game. You know, it's one of those like easy RPGs. You know, yeah, you're just like, 
like I play it and watch TV at the same time. I, I have a hard time with like story based games, but this one's just like I walk, I catch things. And it's weird to go back to a Pokemon game. And I guess y'all are playing Emerald for the show at some point soon. Uh, um, tonight. Yeah, tonight. Um, <laughs> tonight at the time of this recording. It's weird to go back after the last two Pokemon games have been like the Pokemon are out in the field with like Let's Go and Sword and Shield to go back to one with like random hidden in the in the grass. But they're there and it's it's actually more comforting to me. I actually like it more than seeing them on the field. <laughs> it's like, oh, what am I going to get next? As opposed to like, well, I, I already have a Skaroopy. I don't need that. Um, so, but it's pretty cool. And then I've been playing Great Ace Attorney Chronicles, which is the, um, it's my first Ace Attorney game. I don't know if y'all have ever played the I those have. games, the Phoenix Wrights. I've never played one. They're, you know, like a visual novel, basically. And this one's cool because you can literally turn off all inputs and just let the game play itself. So you're just watching basically a movie, which <laughs> is interesting. Yeah, you don't even have to, like, figure out the clues and the discrepancies. But, man, like, in the real world of seeing, like, miscarriages of justice, it's a very infuriating game. It's like, I have discredited every single witness you put in front of me here because I'm on trial right now in this game. And I've discredited every witness, yet everybody still thinks, like, you're guilty. And I'm like, I've already proved that this person's a liar. Why would you still, like, have their deposition, like, make sense? So it, it wants to have reality in it, I guess. I know. It's it's very infuriating in the real world. And so I go back to I, – I keep going back to my Pokemon. So it's been slow going on the Great Ace Attorney. I haven't even gotten to the uh, Sherlock Holmes uh, analog because you you this one takes place in, like, in the 1800s. Your Phoenix Wright's, like, ancestor of some sort. And then you team up with uh, basically Sherlock Holmes, but um, – Public domain-wise, different. His name is Herlock Sholmes. And you're going to team up with him. And apparently, I think it's supposed to be funny. Like, he's, like, wrong all the time. And he does the wrong analysis. And then you have to prove that you're smarter than him. Because the beginning of the game, uh, Watson's killed. And you're you're on trial for Watson's murder. Huh. So, it's pretty campy. Again, dropping in price like a stone. If you've never played an Ace Attorney game, um, this is a good one. Otherwise, the Phoenix Rice Ace Attorney trilogy on Switch is also a good one. It's also on Steam, too. Oh, it's on Steam? Awesome. Yeah. Cool. I, it I, covers all my games. I buy everything on Steam. Uh, Kendall, you've been watching any TV shows you want to mention? So just got through the new season of Pen15. Oh, nice. Okay, is that show any good? Yes, it's excellent. It looks, I've seen the trailers and I'm just like, this looks stupid as hell. So, so it is probably the most well-observed show about being a middle schooler in exactly 2001 that I've, <laughs> that I've ever seen. Okay. Like it's, it's one of the only shows that deals with AOL Instant Messenger. Oh, my God. Just various, like, just very, like, specific, the specific type of homophobia that was around at the time. First line of uh, Fast and Furious starts with saying the F word. Yeah. Um, that kind of yeah, thing. yeah. Well, well, without <laughs> I didn't go that far, but just like, just like, like, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, I'm trying to think, like. There's a like there's a scene in the most recent season where the where the where one of where the kid in the in in the uh, family like the scene is like kind of establishing that maybe the maybe that family is a little bit like not like a little bit struggling financially and the and there's a kid there playing an old computer and he's playing Wolfenstein and it's like that's exactly that's exactly the thing that they would be playing at this exact time because it was you know, it was a, he'd be playing a video game, but Wolfenstein was the, was, you know, it was the shareware version. So everybody had it and it was on an older computer. So it's a 10 year old game, but people were still playing it in 2001. If you didn't have, you know, other yeah, options yeah. for video oh, games and people still play it. just lots of, I don't, I don't know. Uh, and, and, it, and the, I'm glad that they ended it after, I think they've had three seasons or maybe two, two, ah, 
two. It is just it two seasons. Yeah, just two. Seasons. Um, I think that the the gimmick of the gimmick of the two main characters are played by adult, but they're twelve year olds, and then everybody else is played by actors that are closer to the actual age. It uh, it would it it couldn't have lasted much longer than it did. Even this season, any of the recurring kid actors definitely got a. They're definitely two years older than they were in the last season. <laughs> But yeah, it's just like a really well observed of of that that snapshot of of time in a way that uh, that very few other very few other things have uh, have done. And then it's also just you know it's also just really funny um, you know hearing little kids tell these adults that they're ugly. But yeah, definitely. And I mean, it's a it's a quick watch. You can watch it with your spouse because it's very much from a like from a female perspective. So your your you know your your wife will like it. But. Uh, but yeah, very, very entertaining. Yeah. And it's still, and I mean, yeah, it's silly. Um, yeah, you know, but, uh, but yeah, very, very good stuff. And then the other thing that I've been watching is, uh, Joe Para talks with you, which is an adult swim show that I stumbled upon where this very soft spoken person talks to you about things that he likes, like about rocks and things. And it's like this weird mix of like a PBS nature documentary type thing with also like just this guy's life and you know weird sitcom small town antics and it's like the most relaxing thing I've ever watched on television but also hilarious so uh big recommend there and then big mouth came out i think since the last episode yep. which uh, yeah we just finished that last night yeah what's big mouth what's big mouth what's big mouth Man, you're just watching like all sorts of middle school sex drama, sex comedy. (laughs) (laughs) It is a good companion piece to uh, to 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 Pen Fifteen. God, this looks terrible. It's 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 a cartoon about yeah, it's a cartoon about puberty done by uh, Nick Kroll and John Mulaney. Yeah, they're in. They've had like 35 seasons now. Yeah, it's like I think six seasons. It's five. Five just in five seasons. Yeah. I would say this was not one of the stronger seasons, but uh, if you haven't watched it, like watch it. It's about basically uh, uh, people going through, you know, kids going through puberty and they have monsters that, uh, that follow them around telling them to masturbate. And okay. it's, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's it's, it's a crazy sex positive show. It's also, I think probably would have been helpful for me in middle school, but I also don't know if it would have been helpful for me in middle school. (laughs) Um, It's, it, it's really good. And it, I mean, it, you're going to see like a lot of animated genitalia on that show. And Kristen Wiig plays like a little middle schooler's vagina. And it's like, it, it, it's, it's like, it, there's a lot in it going on, but it is, it's really good. It's got all like Nick Kroll's like character voices. It's funny. It seems very realistic and tackles things that like I wouldn't like this season. Nick Kroll like went through puberty and like he had he, he lost his puberty monster. And he has like a hate monster. So he turned like into a little incel that like hated a girl because she didn't like him and then like doubled down on how she was a bitch and like terrible and stuff, which is like good life lessons. Because like, I mean, like that's middle school. Yeah, it is. And well, and, and, and like he's school. still like is portraying himself and his self-image is that he's a nice guy. And like I'm nice and I just asked her out and like but she's terrible. Like and like viewing her as objects and property and like it's a and it's a good like lessons to be like, you need to grow out of this bullshit, man. Right. It feels like it's spinning its wheels though, because John Mulaney's character went through the same thing like the season before. Yeah, and I think John Mulaney's character's arc on that was a little better. I think they did a, a really good job with him of 
Because I think us as all, all of us, we're all, I assume, based on everyone's voices, that we're all straight white males. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> cishet, straight white males. Yeah. Uh, and the way they handled John Mulaney's character, I think you that, I mean, at least me personally, in the last, you know, in the last 10 years, we've been, we've learned a lot of lessons about, about, uh, you know, how, about, about our own privilege and everything. And when you first are confronted with that, you have, you can, you can have like a, a pushback of like, well, no, this is just how it's always been. Or no, this is, you know, this is how it should be. Or, or, you know, or, and, and, and to think that that we as straight white cishet men that have all the advantages in the world are now being punished for that and then and then that and that season did a really good job of sort of showing the logical extremes when he 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 goes to this he goes to this like men's rights activist group and they turn out to be like white supremacists Mm -hmm. and he's like oh wait a minute (laughs) yeah maybe we need to rethink this I I thought it I thought it handled it really I thought it handled it really well and uh, yeah the show yeah I agree the show spins the wheel it's got a because they started out with the puberty monsters which were which were great and then mm-hmm. they and then they like introduce additional the shame ones the, yeah the shame yeah, wizard was shame we wizard. watched we watched the shame wizard season and eighth grade all in one day and that was like a, a middle school bummer kind of yeah day. the shame the shame <laughs> wizard the uh, the depression cat. I like the depression yeah. cat. And depression <laughs> cat's good, but but it's just like, but eventually it got to be like where it's every you know every season they introduce a new thing, and now there's like 18 different kinds of monsters with every single negative emotion you can imagine. Yeah, like it's a little yeah, it's definitely past its prime. But I would I would say so, Mike. First I would two say two or three seasons. Yeah, yeah. I would say two things. First of all, the first season is not like like the second. I would say the second and third season are where it really gets really good. Mm-hmm. The first season is. Is good, but it's more of a proof of concept, and it's more of a generic, raunchy, raunchy comedy kind of thing. And then where it really finds like there's episodes, like there's episodes that they should like show in school, right? In in the second and third season, mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Yeah, excellent, excellent. But also, I wonder if like I always wonder like you know if I was a middle schooler watching it, and I'd be like, Ugh, that's not how it's like. This is stupid, written by adults. Yeah, like probably have been my reaction. Know. Because it's I, also yeah, it's written by it's written by adults and it's written by adults that are older than me. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so it's so it's um I don't feel like they've I don't feel like there's been anything usually when 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 you do tackle like a like a middle like a, a middle school thing that's written by people from like like Gen Xers or before that it was yeah. you know boomers or whatever. <laughs> like I think there's I think there's an episode I th- I do think there's an episode where they deal with showering in yeah. gym. It's like nobody has showered in gym class since the 1960s. Yeah. Yeah. They don't really do that anymore. But, but I, uh, but I do think like it, it's going to like my son is about to turn eight and I think it's going to provide a good window. He's a sweet boy. He's going to turn a little asshole um, in about five or six years. Um, and so like this show is like prepping me like this is what he's going through. This is the, these are the crazy things. And remember, this is what middle school was like and all the weird like high low stakes of this kind of stuff. So I think it'll help me help me process. The, it's it's help. It's helping me prep for like when. He's going to go through this in a couple of years. <laughs> I have two so two shows to mention really one quick. Uh, so I've been continuing my rewatch of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And I just nice. finished season. I think it was four. And I think I'm I'm four and I'm almost done with five. Man, Deep Space Nine is something else like that. I watched it. I watched it years ago when I went through the entire Star Trek, like over 10 years ago. Now I'm going or maybe less, but I'm going back through it again. And 
Deep Space Nine just blows me away with how good it is and how much it worked when it just centered in one space and one one place, one planet mostly, and it just works perfectly. Like it is, I I think even if you haven't watched Star Trek, that you could start with Deep Space Nine and just watch Deep Space Nine and be okay and still enjoy it. And I, whether, Deep Space what Nine is a struggle get, for me. Oh, for Deep Space Nine? Yeah, I've I've never finished it. It's I, I how far every, did you every well, I just watched. The episode that that uh, that Worf where Worf joins the crew. Okay, so you're getting you're in the good stuff then. Yeah, that's fine. yeah, yeah. I know, but I just can't. It doesn't hook me. The thing, my thing about Deep Space Nine, and this is like super subjective. Well, there's there's one objective thing and one subjective thing about about Star Trek in general, big picture, because it's also this is also why I can't get into Discovery. I think Star Trek works best when it is being the Twilight Zone, when it is sort of address when it is doing telling you one story that addresses like or takes a position on like a social issue you know stuff like or or at least or or challenges you makes you think of a thing but like yeah like uh oh man i can't even think there's a bunch of ori- original series is my favorite because of that and then also star trek and this is the super subjective thing star trek for me is about the original series cast and the next generation cast. The 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 Deep Space Nine cast just doesn't like they're 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 better than any of the other ones. The, you know they're better than the the Voyager, or the Enterprise, or the Discovery casts. But Enterprise is good. They just don't. I don't know. Enterprise is Enterprise is good too. I mean, on a another Enterprise it's Stargate, like another like thing. <laughs> it's like well, you put a different episode of Stargate does Star Trek. Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah, it's Stargate does Star Trek. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, <laughs> but, but, like, there's something special about the cast of original series and Next Generation that they haven't been able to replicate. I don't think in any of the incarnations since then. And I just, I don't know. It, it like, I don't want to be overly critical, but it it bums me. It bums me out that that I have to be that guy. You know, that I have to be the guy that hates the new stuff. But I do, and then I still try to watch it. I mean, I didn't even. I thought Picard was awful. I haven't checked out Picard or Discovery mainly because I think they're locked behind Paramount, and I'm not yeah, signing yeah. up for another streaming service. I mean, Paramount I Plus is a good deal because of all the old MTV stuff. Uh-huh. I don't yeah, care yeah. This it's one of those things where I, I'm now on a rotational schedule. Like I'm about to get Peacock for the third time, and I'm rotating between like Peacock, Paramount. I'm starting to do that. I, I got rid of Hulu, and I just got Hulu back because they had a deal where it was a dollar a month yeah. for like a year. So I'm like, okay, I'll re-sign up for it because it's cheaper than getting that's, it. Yeah, that's the way to do it. And then also, I have family members that I share passwords with. Yep. And you know what? That's not. I don't. That's that's the way the system is supposed to work is you're supposed to share passwords with your family. Members. Netflix I don't not agree with you, sir. Yeah. What, <laughs> what do you mean? Can... Netflix allows a certain number of people watching at the same yeah, time. But they don't want you actually doing. That. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, no one wants, no capitalism doesn't want you doing that. They want to lock you in, <laughs> but um, I mean, their business model. I mean, you can, you can pay more so that you can have like six people watch Netflix at a, at a time. Yeah. But they want you to do it in one house, not different households. Yeah. I but mean, they don't stop you. I mean, they let you do yeah, it, but I know they I, actually I, don't like it. They complain about it once. I mean, maybe that whether they like it or not, it's it's part of their business model. Yeah. And because if they if they really if they really wanted it to be in in what within one household, they'd lock zip code or something. Then they yeah, I mean, which is what which is yeah. what YouTube TV does uh, is you have to sign up within the zip code every once in a while. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, it's like my 
you know, my wife and I have, I mean, there's like, there's like a dozen, there's like a, you know, there's, there's seven profiles on my Disney plus mm-hmm. and yeah. you know what they get there, they get their eight ninety nine a month or however much yeah. Disney plus costs, <laughs> whatever. Uh, and I mean, yeah, honestly, I think of, of the services that I subscribe to. Yeah. I mean, it, well, and then, and then that's the other thing is because I share subscri- because I share subscriptions, I don't do as much of the, okay, I stopped watching this. I'm going to cancel it. Okay, I'm back in now because I'm like I pay for like Disney Plus and Paramount and that's all. Yeah, and man, then, I I have Hulu, Netflix, Disney Plus, and HBO Max. Which I have all those, but but <laughs> with, I share Disney Plus and HBO Max with my parents. So yeah, yeah, either it. either my parents or the in laws or my sister in law. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, it's it's fine. It's the right like, way to do it. Yeah, I mean, like just. And if I didn't do that, then I would cancel it. It's still better than paying $200 a month for cable. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I'm the sucker because I have young kids. It's like, oh, Clifford, the Big Red Dog new movie is on Paramount+. Plus. We're signing up for Paramount this month. That's fine. It's easier. Everybody's happy for 10 bucks or however much Paramount costs. We're watching that. Boss Baby 2, sure. That's a night. Five bucks Peacock Premium. We get Peacock for a month. <laughs> so it's, it's those movie things. I watched Halloween Kills three times because I like it so much. But you're doing it the right way. I'm I'm on their little like marketing baiting thing to get those. And then yeah, so that's that, that's basically so yeah. And then and but then I feel bad because I'm a bad millennial because my parents are the ones stealing I I'm supposed to be stealing my parents' HBO, but they're stealing my HBO. <laughs> I mean I do the same thing, but that's because I didn't really want my parents to pay for Netflix and Hulu and I'm like, yeah, I'll just put you on my HBO Max account. I wasn't gonna keep it long, but I still have it. Yeah, they have my HBO um, Matrix. HBO Max is also I mean, I don't know how much it costs because I don't pay 15. for it. It's fifteen, yeah. It's a pretty good. It's a pretty good service. It is. That's why I still have. Well, it. I think the 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 theatrical Warner Brothers movies are about to run out. Um, yes. Because they because they probably I mean great for me but stupidly on their business side said all our 2021 movies will be on HBO Max. Um. So like Matrix, Suicide Squad, all those things are on HBO Max, and that's running out in a couple weeks. I saw most of them in theaters just because I wanted. Oh really? Except for Dune. Dune, I. I actually still have never finished Dune. I'd watched most of it, and I just I got about half an hour left of that movie, and I'm just like, I don't care anymore, and I just never went back. My wife loved it. I could not care about Dune at all. Um, just I know Kendall does. I oh my gosh. I, so I okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing with Dune. I I've decided in order to understand what happens, you have to watch or consume at least two versions of the story. Because I listened to the audiobook and I had no idea what was going on. Then I watched the David Lynch version uh, for the for the podcast, uh, for the Movie Roundtable podcast that I do. And I, I liked it because I was like, oh, now I know what's going on. But everybody else in, 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 in my, on my podcast team said that they, they didn't like it and that they couldn't follow the story. And then we watched the new, the new Dune, and I didn't like it. But... But I could definitely tell I could definitely follow the story. And then they all said that they could follow the story on that. But I think it's just because they were taking the knowledge that they had had from the previous thing. Like Dune is just is so dense. And it's it's one of these things where they do explain everything in every version. But it's in the form of some of some exposition at the beginning that you don't know what's important and what's not important. Yeah. I, I mean, I liked it. I, I liked it. I liked the world. And I'm like, oh, OK, well, this family used to be the managers of this planet. But then their bosses put this new under new management. And then the first family was like, that's a bullshit. And then they're like, no, we're setting up this second family for failure. And I'm like, 
oh, well, that's intriguing. And then I just did not care about any of the characters and what was yeah, going it, on. It but like the world was interesting, but I just like I didn't like the story was telling or how it's not. I also don't know because I've never seen like a Dennis uh, Villeneuve movie. I've never I didn't see like Blade Runner mm-hmm. or Sicario or Arrival or anything like that. So I'm not sure. Like I have a lot of people that like love him and love his vibe. And I'm like, I don't know if it was like I wasn't clued into his vibe. I'm not clued into Dune. I'm not a huge I, I don't dislike Timothy Chalamet, but I'm like, I know people love him. And I'm just like, OK, well, here he is. I like uh, I like Aquaman and I like Oscar Isaac. And that big slug boss evil guy was pretty cool looking. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, that, I did think that the uh, the a lot of the known actors were distracting to me in the new Dune movie mm-hmm. in a way that the in a way that that other that the other movie wasn't that wasn't the case. But I mean, also like I mean, there were there were famous actors in the like I mean, Sting. Sting. Yeah, Patrick Sting Stewart. and uh, Patrick Stewart and uh, but uh, the, people, I mean, the people in this movie weren't distracting were distracting me. But Sting being in that other movie not distracting. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I don't know. For whatever reason, yeah. For whatever reason, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, I I just I think the David Lynch the David Lynch movie. I mean, it doesn't necessarily perfectly tell the story. Like I think you do have to watch it a couple times, but like that's not necessarily a failure. Mm-hmm. In it, like if you can, if on a second, if if you enjoy it enough for what it is on the first viewing, and then on the second viewing, you can actually tell what's happening. Like that's that's not a necessarily a failure of the of the film. And I mean. It's a movie that I will watch again. I will watch the David Lynch one again. I will not watch the the new one again. And, you know, almost almost certainly will not. And I people say that they'll watch the new one again. I don't think so. And uh, I and also finish it probably. And also, it's only part one. Can you think of? I would challenge both of you. Of you know this new trend of having movies be part one, part two, or in the Hobbit's case, part one, two, and three. Is there a single one of of one of those these adaptations where the second one has been like satisfying? Hobbit. Uh, I only saw Hobbit's one and three, so I don't honestly. Can't. <laughs> I I liked the second movie when I saw it in theaters. I have not seen it since, so I could be wrong, but I remember I enjoyed it. I know your opinion is not and, of that. And also, <laughs> and, okay, and 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 the th- well, but then the with the Hobbit, you would have I, I my meant my my meaning would be the second and third. I enjoyed the third one too when I saw it in theaters, well, from what I remember. Okay, but I had well, I only saw it the one time when it came out, so this memory could that be goes fraud that goes outside of the general consensus. Uh, let's let's no, say I, think, let's I say, think it worked. It worked. I think it me. did too. Oh my god, I hated the second one. I know you I yeah, I heard I that think already. The second one is I don't think the second one is nearly as strong as the first one, but I think having that break between the child and the adults worked well for the kid for the adults to be like, this happened a long time ago. Um like that part worked for me. I think having that like I haven't I only saw it the one time in theaters, but I remember liking it, but I can't remember much about it. So it's I, been a while, but I also don't know how like the book works because the book I think alternates chapters between the the kids and the adults, right? When they're when they're kids and when they're adults, I don't know. I haven't read the book. I have the book. It's gigantic, and I will never <laughs> it was, read it. Yeah, I it was. I, I was gonna audio book it, and then it was like twenty four hours long or something. Yeah, I can't. I, the only time I ever listened to audio book was I listened to Star Wars: Heir to the Empire audio book once when I was at work, and I worked at a job where I sucked up garbage with a truck, and that's what I did. But yeah, never. I, I I can't do audiobooks. I don't absorb the information the same. No, I don't either. I I, I have to have like, conversations with podcasts. Um, mm-hmm. Audiobooks. I either get I either like tune it out because I'm like driving or something, or I focus too much on that at the expense of my task. I like mm-hmm. audiobooks. I listen to a lot of them. That's good. Uh, I do tend do, to. 
I will say that I tend to gravitate towards the types of audiobooks that are actually that sound more like podcasts. I like uh, I like like memoirs, read comedic memoirs written by the author, mm. stuff yeah. like stuff like John John Hodgman stuff, especially because because I mean, first of all, they're podcasty, but also like if the if it's read by the author, I think that adds to it to a degree. David mm-hmm. Sedaris stuff as well. Okay, and the the other show that I want to mention that I was that I was I watched all three seasons of in the last month is called You. It's a show about a stalker. <laughs> I think I might have mentioned it last time we did one of these. I can't remember. And it is strangely very good, but also really fucking weird. It's based off a book. It's about a eat without saying too much to spoil it. A guy gets obsessed with women, and then he does terrible things. But he's psycho, but he's like, I'm a good guy. I'm a good guy. No, you're not. (laughs) You just murdered people. You are not good at all. It's really damn good, though. It's on Netflix. It's but if you yeah, it's I I always that's one show I say if you have like if you had issues, things happen, you do not watch that show because it it I had a toxic ex at one point and watching the first season kind of was a little rough to me at first. I'm like, okay, this is not comfortable. And then I got more used to it. But it's a really good show. It's just very it's very freaky and pretty violent. It gets violent in interesting ways. And you, you either you two ever hear of it? Uh, the only time I ever heard of it was on, I think it was on Laura Ingram on Fox News. So, did you see that viral clip where the guy was like, I saw it on you. And she goes, I didn't ever cover that. He's like, no, I saw it on you. And she's like, my show never covered that. And it, took, right, like, and like, it was like a literally a minute of like who's on first of him trying to explain. <laughs> oh, OK. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, I'm it, not on Netflix. <laughs> it was very it was very, very poor comedic timing. Yeah. But yeah, it's a it's a good show. That's the only thing I know about that show. Which you know, if you like true, if you like not true crime, if you like crime dramas and you like that type of stuff, check it out. It's you might you might get into it real quick because the first season is very well done. So is the second and third. Third starts off a little slow, but then it it picks up pretty good. Any other TV shows we should mention before we go on to films? Are y'all watching Hawkeye? 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 No, I haven't. I For some reason, I'm a big Hawkeye fan. I have his first appearance comic above me and his Funko Pop that finally just came out. I haven't seen a single episode of that show yet. I just have no it's interest. It's pretty good. It's it's really it's good. Pretty, yeah, I, I'm enjoying bro, it a lot. Bro, how can it be good, bro? Bro. <laughs> they don't they don't say bro nearly as much. Okay, my, good. My, my, my podcast uh, host, we covered the Hawkeye Fraction Run recently, and he got so like hung up on the Tracksuit Mafia calling everybody bro. He's like, I don't like this at all. And I'm like, well, then you're not going to like this show. Um. I, I don't think that I think that the show takes takes a lot of the good from the from the fraction run without being in any way beholden to it. And freaking Kate Bishop is amazing. Um, Steinfeld, she's Haley a- Steinfeld is is like she's the best actress that we have in, in the world right now. I do want to see it. I just haven't. I don't know why I haven't gotten around to it. To be honest, I have no idea why I haven't watched it. Because every other every other Disney Plus show, Marvel or Star Wars, I usually watch immediately, and this is one I'm just slacking on. Yeah, I mean, it, it's been fucking volume. They've had you know next week or this week or whenever. There's the fourth MCU movie coming out this in a year, and there's been four or five Disney Plus series if you count uh, what's What If. It's I been didn't a watch lot of volume. I was terrible. It's been, it, it's been a lot of volume. What um, if was uneven? I would yes. say. I would not say it was terrible. I would say there were a few episodes that were that yeah, were some were really good, excellent. But I did overall. I didn't um, enjoy what if. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind uh, of not counting that one, but like, I and I didn't super enjoy Falcon and uh, Winter Soldier. I think it was a little unfocused. And WandaVision started off great and then kind of devolved into a punch punch, uh, whizzy uh, laser colors. 
But um, and Loki was really good. But this Loki one, this one is pretty darn good. Highly Seinfeld is good. They're finally cluing into, I think, Hawkeye's character. I think he still like changes from movie to movie. I know y'all just covered that on your podcast, but like Hawkeye and Black Widow both have like and Hulk all have like a different thing every movie. <laughs> so like Hawkeye is like, I've been brainwashed in Avengers one. And then in Avengers two, he's like, I have a family. And then Avengers three, I'm not there. Um, and then Avengers four, he's like, all oh, my family is dead and I'm a ninja. And now he's like, oh, my best friend is dead and I have trauma from that. So like it, his his like thing changes and like Hulk's like, I'm in love with Black Widow. I don't care about Black Widow anymore. I'm now a professor like they, they haven't clued into all their their characters yet. But Hawkeye Renner's like solidly good in it. They fight mob stuff. Echo shows up. It's 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 been a lot of fun. I I, I feel like Hawkeye, though, this is like their one of their first tests of can we transition away from the original run? Oh, they, characters. they like, are. I know, but I, I, it's fun to see it in real time. And I'm seeing how the experiment works. And I'm wondering, like, how how much this has been in Marvel's planning? It seems like it has been with, like, getting, like, Ironheart out there and getting. Because the only one left is Thor because I can't see yeah. I can't see Jeremy Renner doing Hawkeye after this show. I bet that's the end. I mean, I can see him being around. I mean, he's he doesn't have to be, like, super hot and buff. The way like everybody else does, he can still be around as like an Alfred type or he could still do Hawkeye adventures. But like half the Avengers died in Endgame and then and I guess Hulk is still around. Um, yeah, he's the Hulk. only one that I think is going to stick around a little longer. Be, but I don't think that's only because he's only been in very few movies, too. Right. But like he's did, like did, 400 years old, though. Get a new get new actors. I, I don't know. I'm so so Hawkeye is great. I mean, the Hawkeye show is great. It's first of all, yeah, I mean, it's it doesn't have any of the problems that the fraction run had, at least yet, because most of the problems in the fraction run were in the last three or four issues. I so, read, like, I never haven't gotten that far. That's so I read that entire comic run, record an episode about it. But it's one of the episodes that I lost in quotation that I had to delete. And I have and I've been meaning to re-record it, but I can't make myself want to read that comic ever again and yeah. talk about it. Yeah, well, yeah, it's just just because the and 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 I don't think that and they don't take yeah they don't take things as far with the character and it also is more about I mean Kate Bishop is the main character of the show so it's more about her story and her origins mm-hmm. and uh, and she's just so she's so great and and yeah yeah like and and then also it's very it's Christmas is another is another reason that it's like really it's like this is gonna be a a great thing. If anybody ever revisits anything ever, which you know is up in the air as to whether people will revisit this, you know it's these types of shows. Momentum. Yeah, because it's all forward momentum. Yeah, like, I, you don't. I mean, like I, y'all went back and rewatched, but like I have no need to watch all, Phase One of the movies ever again. I don't think I'll ever watch WandaVision Season One ever again. Um, I disagree. Yeah. Though Phase One movies are really good, some of them, <laughs> like I Thor, phase, Captain yeah. America. Well, the phase one movies, you'll watch them again because you're like, I'm going to rewatch everything. And then you watch the phase one movies and then you run out of steam. I, I already did that once. That's never <laughs> happening again. I just I really want to watch like first Avenger again. But but uh, but you know, no, no, I think but um, I think that no, actually, I think that WandaVision is something that I could see myself revisiting because it's self-contained. And I have a feeling that this will be self-contained in, in you know, more so than than Loki. I would say it's because I, I really I loved WandaVision. I, I agree with you. I agree with you that I wish that they had that they had spent mo- done more done more of the st- of the way that it was early in the early season in the early season where each episode is the is like, the parody of the of the mm-hmm. the thing and then just have like a little bit of 
what's this uh, kind of, you know, and then, and then, re- and then reveal everything at the end. You wanted, uh, you wanted, if, you wanted, wanted to walk around and go, what's this? What's this? What's happening dude, over as here? Somebody, what's I, well, I, as I, someone who grew up on Nick at night, man, it was fun to see like a Dick Van Dyke episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. The, yeah. And yeah, those first, those first two episodes, really the first, really the first three episodes, I think. And then the interlude was like, oh shit, something else is really going on. But then like, like it really wasn't much of a modern family or a Malcolm in the middle episode. Which is what right. I wanted. I'm a weirdo. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, yeah. I would have liked. I definitely would have liked, uh, liked them to 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 do more of the. But other people were mad that they did the parodies at all. So whatever. Yeah, and it kind of is what it is. And at least it's self-contained. And uh, you know, if I, I could see myself. I could see myself revisiting that certainly in a way that I, you know, I mean, freaking Loki. Ugh. You got. You got oh, me yeah, more interested. I'm starting Hawkeye now, finally, because I also never finished Bad Batch, but I think I can keep it that way. Really? You don't like Bad Batch? Not really. I might go back to it. I just, I don't know. I mean, it didn't do it for me. I mean, I would definitely say that you could, you could binge through it. It, it, it ends strong. I don't remember how it ends, but I remember okay, it, but ends it ends strong. strong. I, I think yeah. part of it, I was having a hard time with watching an episode because I, I watched Clone Wars and Rebels long after they finished airing. Uh-huh. So I watched everything bingy and then it was yeah. hard only watching one episode oh like, yeah 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 totally yeah totally binge it you know get the best way to watch those is 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 get drunk and then put it on and then and then watch them like how about i just, just watch a string of them and do it i no, <laughs> you can't edit podcasts while you because then you're either mm-hmm. doing a bad job editing the podcast yeah. or you're I would play. I, I, I would. I would edit <laughs> and play Advance Wars and watch Bad Batch all at the same time. I feel like that's probably the the way to concentrate on everything. Okay. I I ed, hey I edit. I think I edit just fine while recording pod while edit while watching TV. I think I do just fine at editing and watching TV. If you say so. I, I actually I, well, I cannot process that much input. <laughs> I just watch TV less. I think. All right. Um. Couple. One film. So I have a couple films I want to mention quick, and then a couple that we can go more on. I watched Elf three times this year, yes. and that, I did it for an episode. But that that movie, watching somehow watching it three times, made me actually appreciate that movie more. I don't know why. And other thing that I, I want to mention quick is I, for some reason, I since we have Hulu, I got the urge we're watching all the Hunger Games again. I watched Hunger Games, Catching Fire, and Mockingjay Part One. I haven't gotten to Part Two yet. And those are okay movies. They're not that special. I really like one and two, and I think to Kendall's point, like Mockingjay Part One, it's like, why did we cut it off here? Okay, and then Part Money. Part Three, Part Two is like, um, I wouldn't have divided that here either. Um, so there's only two parts to it. Yeah, but there's still like, I, I, I don't think, I think it's hard. It's really hard to cut off a novel halfway through. Well, it's a bad at like a logical too. crescendo that like wants you to read more, and and I think it's hard. I think it's they hard didn't to do. need think, to. There's not that much. I feel like you could easily made that into one movie. Right. They just wanted money. No, they wanted that four part, you know, four thing movie versus only three. I mean, to be fair, I mean, I also would like the hobbits. It's like you can make one billion dollars or you can make one billion dollars three times. You know, I like, get it. It's <laughs> well, then make them 90 minute movie. Like I don't, I don't, they also theaters. have to be three hours long. I, I, I do want to. Well, I'm going to watch Rocky J Part Two probably tonight or tomorrow because I wanted to finish it before this episode, but then I had to watch Nightmare Before Christmas uh, like, last night for the first time. Mm, I was nice. doing that. Never seen it. I had actually never seen it. Recorded an episode last night about it. That's why I had to. When he said, "What's this?" The first thing that popped in my head was that song. <laughs> That's why I had to sing that. Other than that, uh, but yeah, you can hear all my opinion on that movie in that episode. <sighs> 
So you might not like me after that, depending if you like that movie. Um, not a huge fan, but that's okay. Me either. Uh, Kendall, do you have any movies you want to mention? Uh, let's see. You saw Eternals, didn't you? I saw Eternals, and it was bad. That hurts me. Cause I enjoyed it. I, I think it, it's an hour of bad and th- before it gets like remotely interesting. And then and it's then not Disney like, okay. Plus soon. Yeah, it probably will be. Yeah, I, it, oh, it was, is. They already announced it that it's coming. I think what? it was probably I the way that I when I when I came out of it, I was like, this felt off somehow. Like it felt like it was a a non Marvel movie. Like it felt like it was a like a, a no name brand comic book adaptation from ten years see ago. That, yeah. But then, like, people were talking about, like, the things about it they didn't like. And w- initially, when people said it's like a DC movie, like, I'm like, no, it's nothing like Wonder Woman. But <laughs> it, but then somebody said it's like Justice League without the Justice League. I can see that. And I was like, yeah, that's what it is. Because it's like it was because, I mean, Justice League, not the Snyder Cut, the original cut, was was fairly watchable. Disagree. It, well, it was, it was fairly watchable and you could <laughs> and you could latch on to it because you knew these characters. Yeah. So so it was able to, you know, not like the way that not what you would expect from an MCU movie, but and not what we would expect from a good comic book movie now. But like there's definitely something to being able to latch on to recognizable characters, recognizable stuff. And Eternals doesn't have that. It has it has a bunch of characters who are none of whom are compelling. It has plot points that don't make any sense. They waste Camille Nanjiani. Like yeah. <laughs> he just leaves the movie. He's like, uh, I'm not going to, I, I do think it's wrong to save the world, but I'm not going to fight. I'm not going to stop you guys from saving. He me. literally leaves. He's like, I'm not going to be part of the team. And then doesn't come back for the final fight. Like yeah. there's not a, like I changed my mind triumphant moment to like push the thing over. He just like leaves the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And he got like super buff so that he could be wearing a shirt the whole time and doing Kamehameha waves. Like, yeah. <laughs> why did they? Why did they make all that big deal about him getting buff when when there is nothing about him that is like he like there's nothing about him. There's no reason that he would need to be buff for the character that he's playing. And there's another. Okay. There's another character who's overweight in the Eternals. So it's not even, there's two other characters who are kind of overweight in the Eternals. So it's not even like, it's not even like these are, these characters are archetypes of the, of perfect (laughs) health. And the one character who I was actually kind of interested in, they kill off halfway through like, yeah. And not in a way that's like emotionally resonant. Like I, I I had to think like, I was like, I had to think, I was like, I don't think that character, one of my favorite characters in it is like, Oh, I don't think, I don't think they make it to the final fight either. I, I think I graded it on a curve because I read one, the Neil Gaiman Eternal show uh, comic for our podcast, which fucking sucked. And I've never liked like and I, I put Eternals and like New Gods and Inhumans all in the same bucket of Jack Kirby creations that I don't care about. And so on that curve, I'm like, eh, Eternals wasn't that bad. But I think like Gilgamesh and Brian Tyree Henry's characters were interesting. They take like an hour and a half to show up. And then I think like the last 20 minutes of it in classic Marvel fashion are like, all the stuff that's gonna happen next movie sounds really interesting to you. And I'm like, yeah, it does. So I, I went out on a high note. I'm God, like, yeah, I'm intrigued. Two, to see what two and a half here. hours? Yeah. Okay, that's a long movie. It's yeah, it's so long. It's so long. I, re- I really want to see it. But it still starts with text crawls at the beginning to explain itself. Like it, it, it's two and a half hours, 
but still all of its exposition is in text. It's stupid. I really um, want to see it, but my wife does not want to go see it, so I might just wait until January 12th when it comes on Disney Plus and watch it that I mean, day. You, you know, see it or don't see it. I mean, I would say see like uh, any other movie that's in any theaters any. right now before <laughs> you see it. You know, see House of Gucci. No. Or uh, I haven't seen it. I mean, I, I don't know. It just I, does not interest me. I know, but still. It's I would, right, even Mike. though I, even though it doesn't interest you and got bad reviews, I would recommend seeing it over Eternals. Wow. Okay. That's, and that's and not also, a... it's not the kind of movie that you need to see on a big screen. But still, recommend that. <laughs> I just I uh, can't recommend Eternals. Got yeah, Spider Man's coming out this week. Oh, it's this week. That's yeah. 17. That I feel like I have to see the, the weekend it comes out, or I will be spoiled on something by yep. the time that. Absolutely. Yep. You're gonna get. You're gonna be. You're gonna be spoiled. So this is gonna come out after. The after it's released, but mark my words, everyone is going to be mad because Andrew Garfield and and Tobey Maguire are not going to be in it. It's going to be about it's going to be all about the villains, because the only people that we've had revealed so far from the other universes are the villains. And in one of the previews, he even is like talking to Doctor Strange about how these are all villains who ended up dead because of Spider-Man. And Spider-Man doesn't end up dead because of Spider-Man in the movies. So it's the only the only cross-universe characters you're going to see are villains, and people are going to be mad. I think that's fine. I won't be mad. I'm just preemptively mad because I hate the internet. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That this is this is this is definitely like used to that December seventeenth. Like I've got like between like the Star Wars movies and like I'd be like. It seems like this week, every time is like Christmas break starting. I've got to like log off the internet for three or four days before I can mm-hmm. do something and line up a sitter. So. It's one of those movies that I yeah I'm gonna try to see immediately. No, I'm I'm definitely gonna see it. I'm definitely gonna see it opening opening night. You know, not Thursday night, and I'm probably gonna enjoy it. I just I just my gut just tells me that everyone's gonna hate it, or or I'm gonna hate it because it's mediocre, and then everyone else is gonna see it through MCU colored glasses, which which definitely happens. But I think that I think that there are enough there are enough of us obnoxious Spider Man fanboys out there who are a little bit lukewarm on. Uh, on Tom Holland anyway, that He's a fine. movie with a movie with 75 villains that doesn't meet people's expectations could, you know, could backfire, you know, because, yeah. because, you know, the problem with Spider-Man three was that there were not enough villains. I, 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 think though, I think though it can be focused correctly though. I mean, cause like I go back to Spider-Verse and Spider-Verse somehow had like six or seven different villains, an origin story for a Spider-Man and like multiple protagonists, admittedly, like they all are just like a thing. Like Spider Ham is like I'm weird and sweaty, and like Noir is like I see I'm dark talking, and like mostly it's focused on Kingpin with then like you know Scorpion and them around. But that movie had a fuck ton of villains with like his uncle. Ooh, Aaron. Good too. And like I don't know how they balance that, but I'm like if they do it right, they can balance it. I think Spider Man Three just everybody was bored and Tobey Maguire hated his life. So all they have to do, all they have to do is make the movie as good or better than the best superhero movie ever made. Yep. Cool. Cool. They can do it. <laughs> John Watts and the kid from Freaks and Geeks, I believe in them. <laughs> I don't know. I think he wrote it. I know he wrote no, the I'm other sure, one. I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm, I'm I think just it's gonna grumpy be fine. about it. I'm just grumpy about it. I'm a grumpy old man with. I see. With, I, I hate the Raimi run. The whole, the whole, even Spider-Man 2, I'm kind of like, Meh. so I'm kind of looking for some validation on it. Like, so, <laughs> and like Jamie Foxx, like has a nice costume and he's not blue in this. I, I yeah. mean, 
That was. I haven't revisited. I haven't revisited the Spider-Man movies in a long time. I will say the only Spider-Man movie that that when I watched it, I was disappointed with it was Spider-Man Three. Spider-Man and Amazing Spider or Spider-Man and Spider-Man Two. I thought were great. Amazing and Amazing Two. I really enjoyed. You know, I there's they they made. I thought they made interesting choices. I I'm glad that they didn't do a third movie that was mostly about Peter Parker's origin. I think that that's like a we- that's a weakness of Amazing Spider-Man. But also, whatever, who cares? <laughs> and uh, so we'll- but I like but I liked Andrew Garfield a lot as Peter because he was an too. older Peter. And I like I like an older Peter Parker. I like a twenty something screw up because I'm a twenty something screw up even though I'm thirty four. But I was going to say, I know you're not <laughs> in your 20s. But so. that's why I like Spider-Verse, because like you do get like that schlubby Peter B. Parker. Yes, yes. I which mean, is like consistent with what I've read with comics my entire life. Yeah, exactly. He was in college. I'm not used yeah. to high school Peter Parker. Yeah, exa- yeah, I, yeah, totally, totally agree. Totally agree. Um, yeah. Oh, oh man. Yeah, I mean, overweight. Yeah, yeah. Overweight, middle-aged uh, Peter Parker. Girls kind of divorced. Yeah, that was he was he was a great character. Um, <laughs> That's my Spider-Man. Hey, we there did an episode all about that movie, too. I need to. I've only seen Spider-Verse once. I need to rewatch it. Watch it like every three months. That that show that my wife or my son put that thing on every three months. It's. I it's just on. don't. I just don't rewatch movies. Yeah, I don't either. But Spider-Verse, I, I have. Watch, sir. <laughs> oh, and the other movie. One of the other two. There's only other two movies or three movies I want to mention. Uh, eight. I watch 8-Bit Christmas on HBO Max. That is a cute movie. And it's on HBO Max. If you haven't seen it. I've heard good things. It's basically a Christmas story, but. Yes. 40 years later. The, 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 the arc of Christmas story, but about a Nintendo instead of a gun. Yes, it's it's pretty good, actually. I mean, it. I really liked it. I know some of my friends did not, but I, I really liked it. I thought it was really cute when I watched it. Yeah, I've been wanting me to sit that, that down because and it's PG, so I can watch it around the kids. Yeah, no, it, it's it's really good. It. I think you'll like it. It's a good Christmas movie. Vincent, do you have any movies you want to mention? I have an, an, a fucking insane movie. Yes, it's called A Very Merry Muppet Christmas. It's <laughs> 2002. Have you ever seen it? Uh, no, but okay. So we've been on a Muppet Christmas high. We watched Muppet Christmas Carol. We've watched Emmett Otter. We've watched. There's a Letters to Santa thing on Muppets Letters to Santa from like 08 that's on Disney Plus, where like Pepe the Prawn and Rizzo the Rat try to get a get a deal from uh, Bobby Bacala and uh, Polly Walnuts from The Sopranos. It's fucking weird. But the, so I've watched like every single Muppet Christmas thing I can find. But. A Very Merry Muppet Christmas is a movie from 2002 that me and my sister were visiting my grandparents in like 02. And we saw it in a hotel room, but we only saw bits and pieces of it. I saw I remember at the time because the fever dream is I remember that I saw Miss Piggy playing a dead body on the set of Scrubs. And so the whole cast of Scrubs is there. and She's trying to upstage them from like 02. So it's like Scrubs season one or two. And then Joan Cusack takes over the Muppet studio and turns it into a nightclub and Scooter is cage dancing in it. And then Stalin and Waldorf are creepy old men buying drinks for young women. It's fucking weird. So I was like, just going to sit down and watch this movie. I'm going to find out what it's actually about. Cause I'm like, I try to explain it to people. and like, they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. So <laughs> it starts off with Kermit really sad because Kermit has somehow bankrupted the studio, uh, the Muppets. They're, 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 they're Muppets, you know, they're always trying to find money. And Joan Cusack's the villain. She's trying to buy the studio so she can turn it into a nightclub. That's the, that's the plot of the movie. They're trying to find a big celebrity that can save the day that they can book on their show and then they can make enough money and pay off Joan Cusack. So the first one of the ones they try to get is Triumph the Insult Comic Dog, which I like the idea of like a different puppet style talking to Muppets. 
But then the big celebrity that they try to try to woo that to save the Muppets, Joe Rogan. They try to get Joe <laughs> Rogan <laughs> to save the Muppets. It doesn't work. And so Fozzie tries to lay. Fozzie ends up getting painted green. He looks like the Grinch. People beat him up. And then Kermit is so sad that he's fucked over his friends that he sits in the cold and literally commits suicide on screen. And then it cuts to, yeah, so Kermit dies, kills himself on screen by freezing in the cold. And it cuts to David Arquette and an angel talking to Whoopi Goldberg as God. And he goes, was this part of your plan? Was this God's plan? And Whoopi Goldberg goes, no, we need to fix this. So then they go back in time and then Kermit wishes he'd never been born. So it's it's a wonderful life. And then that's why if, if Kermit was never been born, then Joan Kustak always owns the studio. And that's why Scooter is cage dancing. It sounds terrible. It, it's fucking bananas. Fozzie, Fozzie Bear is like a skinny tweaker that like pickpocket Kermit. If he'd never been born, it's so absolutely like off the beaten path of the Muppets. It is an insane movie. Miss Piggy is a cat lady. She's got a shirt that says felines Navidad. It's insane. And then Kermit learns the spirit of Christmas and he wishes he'd been alive and blah, 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 blah. But oh, and and Pepe the Prawn teams up because he's in love with Joan Cusack, which you know what? Same Pepe. I get it. (laughs) It's literally the most fucking insane Muppet movie I've ever seen. It was more insane than I thought it was. Do or do not check it out. It is not on Disney Plus. It's produced by NBC Universal, so you can buy it. But it oh, oh, and also in the timeline where Kermit was never been born, they show stock footage of New York and the Twin Towers are still there. So something about twin Kermit's existence caused 9-11. Um, <laughs> Kermit did 9-11. Yep. There's a whole Reddit thread about this. You can find it from like a couple of years ago. It's an insane movie. Very Merry Muppet Christmas. I kind of recommend it. Kind of don't. OK, <laughs> I don't want to watch it now, but OK, I think I'm good. Uh, Kendall, any other things you want to mention? Make no, I think okay. I think I'm I think I'm good. I think I'm good. Okay, I have another movie that I did see in theaters that actually came out this year, uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh, That's a lot in theaters too. That is really damn good. I Are you a so. Ghostbusters fan? Yes, like a big Ghostbusters fan. Pretty. Uh, I mean, I've, I like the first two films a lot. Okay, I was like, the first okay, they're there. I'm like, I'm fine with them, but I don't have like really any like love for them. I'm just it like, feels like a very good wrap up of a of the of the series of the three mm-hmm. movies in a way. Just way way later, but it, it actually was really good. Okay, I I highly recommend. If you like Ghostbusters, I highly recommend go see it. It does a good job of finishing the story and connecting them in a way, or connecting the first one and the third one, and just kind of skips the second one. But that's fine. So, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. I was surprised how how much fun it was. So I'm I I was I was predisposed to dislike it. I haven't I haven't seen it yet, but but uh, I did. I for those who are predisposed to to dislike it, the the director uh, Jason Wright Jason Reitman right yes directed Juno. Yep. Good movie. Thank you for smoking and Young mm-hmm. Adult and Up in the Air. Great movie. All four of those movies are great movies. Watch all four of those movies, <laughs> and then and then if you want to, you can go watch this this uh, this Ghostbusters thing. Uh, pl- I'm planning on seeing it this week. I've got a. It's worth it. I've got a ticket. I think you'll enjoy it. I it if you like Ghostbusters one, I think you'll enjoy it. So my favorite Ghostbusters movie is the 2016. I have never seen that yet. I, I think it's great. Um, I want to. I do want to see it. I just never got around to it yet. It's. It's Ghostbusters Bridesmaids. It's, I mean. Yeah, I I wish it was a little better. I love fucking Paul Feig, The Heat, and Bridesmaids, and especially Spy. 
And and so I was I came in like expecting like, oh, this is going to be as good as Spy, which I don't feel it is. Um, So I came out of Ghostbusters 2016 disappointed. I feel like I mean, it, it's good. It's got a lot of cool things going on for it. It's definitely worth a watch. Um, And fucking Thor is great in it as the Annie Potts. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's he's great. I, I mean, I I don't know. I only saw it once, but I mean, I just I don't know. I'm not as I feel like sometimes Ghostbusters gets elevated to the level of. Yeah of Indiana Jones and star Wars. It does. And back to the future. And I think it is like of those four franchises, it is a distant fourth. And, For me, uh, yes. I, agree with you. I know there's people that love ghostbusters and I'm like, okay, well I watched it. I kind of watched the cartoon. I had the toys, but it like never was like my favorite. And I never, and I love, I love Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd. Most, I mean, I love blues Ramis, brothers. Yeah. So, you know, you know, yeah. Harold, Harold Ramis is pretty good, but, uh, it's just, I don't know. I, I feel like it's just another for me. It's just another '80s comedy. It doesn't quite. It doesn't quite rise to the level of, of some other stuff. And I'm just. I'm afraid of the new one being. First of all, I don't like that it's not a comedy. It's a comedy. Ghostbusters should be a, okay. Well, you're the, the first person that told me that. It, you're the first person I, that told me that. I'm glad to hear that. I think it's a comedy because I laughed at the movie multiple times. Okay. So I I wouldn't consider yeah I would still consider it a comedy because they, they they do shit that and they mess things up and people laugh and uh, yeah no it's a comedy okay well if it's a comedy that's a good that's a good sign it just um, starts off a little dark but that does fit Ghostbusters I just get I just get Stranger Things vibes uh no it's not and, it just goes, uh, oh, I mean it does have the actor but no it doesn't it isn't really Stranger <laughs> Things yeah I don't know yeah it's so we'll, comedy we'll see I'll I'll uh, I. I need to see it just so I can have an opinion. Yeah, no, it's definitely it's definitely a comedy. I mean, it has Paul Rudd in it. It's you'll like it, I think. Okay, well, I will take that. I will take that and and take that. Okay, and the last film I want to mention just very quickly is I did see My Neighbor Totoro in theaters again. Well, first time in theaters, but old movie from 1988. They did a Fathom event. I still love that movie from Studio Ghibli. That's I just. That that movie's great, but I'm, it, it's a movie I watched when I was a kid a whole bunch of times. So it's mm-hmm. I always love going back and seeing old movies that I missed in theaters and seeing them in theaters again. Yeah, that's a lot or of fun. First time. Any other thing you guys want to add, uh, Kendall or Vincent? I think I'm good. No, I think I'm. I think I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm good. I'm good. Okay, I have no. talked about stuff. Yes. The last <laughs> thing I want to mention is a life event little thing. Uh, over like a week, I think a week after we recorded the last, what are you playing? I went to a cabin and got shit faced drunk. And that was fun. And it was a cabin where the door didn't lock. And I felt like I was in a horror movie because it was like out in the middle of nowhere in northern Wisconsin. I'm just like, Mm -hmm. you know, this is not this is interesting. I get why people do it. But I'm like, you know what? I miss my Internet. I miss my I miss home. (laughs) And I miss plumbing. We didn't have we didn't have a we didn't have a toilet or anything. We had to go outside to an outhouse. And that's just. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was cold, too. So I was like, yeah, this is this is not I don't understand people. (laughs) I don't get it. But yeah, that's what I did. I think that's everything we need to say. And then we can go to we'll go to plugs of uh, Vincent. Where can people find you at? Yeah, you can find me on uh, some of my friends read comics. It's a comic book podcast where it's essentially a book club where we read comics that we should have read a long time ago. We've read things in the past, like uh, the death of Gwen Stacy. Um, we're just we just read Edge of Spider-Verse um, last episode, which is the series preceding uh, the Spider-Verse proper. And we're about to start Age of Apocalypse, which we've never dove into or specifically reading. Or uh, one of our hosts has Chris, who was on your Sandman episode a couple months ago. 
Yes. Uh, but me and my other host, Kia, we've never read Age of Apocalypse. So we're starting with Legion Quest and X-Men Alpha. So that should be a time. I'm not super well-versed in uh, 90s X-Men comics, but I think like Civil War, we're going to end up cherry-picking. We're probably not going to read like Blink or anything like that. I, um, I just noticed something. You guys cover Beasts of Burden. Yeah, we did a long time ago. That was uh, right when we started on YouTube. Um, yeah, there's some new Beast of Burden series that have come out in the last four or five years. Um, I, I, we actually we on the last episode that was released as the the three of the original co-hosts, we covered that comic. It's really good. Um, it really was. <laughs> Evan Dorkin had some type of meltdown on Twitter that was like 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 real like vague booking about uh, Jill Thompson. And so she's not on the, the book. And but also like me and Chris were like, you sound like kind of a dick in this. So I think that he might be the bad guy of it. But um, usually you know. all that works <laughs> a lot of time. Kendall, where can people find you at? So you can find everything to do at KendallCast.Ninja. The, yeah, that we, we talked about the pull list podcast, the KendallCast movie roundtable. Uh, also have uh, that's what we called music with a question mark. Song by song review of the now that's what I call music catalog. Oh wow, we used to do that on our podcast too. We would we would uh, go through every single now compilation. Awesome. Made <laughs> <laughs> um, like eight, and then we had to stop because we start we started getting like the POD, and we were like, I don't know what we're talking about now. Right? Yeah, we're um we are currently <laughs> in volume six, I think. Okay. Cool. Uh, but we're going song by, but it's song by song. It's not a review wow. of the whole al- of the full album. So we've it's a got lot of Evan and Jaren. You have to cover seventy something. I don't think we've done Evan. And, I don't. I don't think we've hit any Evan and Jaren. It's interesting the stuff that uh, the stuff that just that misses, right. you, know, you know, that isn't included on in it. And like, uh, uh, it's gonna be me. Is on an is on a compilation before Bye Bye Bye. But Bye 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 was released as a single. Definitely the first. It's definitely the first single. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's not a. It's not. But it, but it's still an interesting snapshot and an interesting excuse to talk about, uh, you know, songs songs by people from a very specific uh, time in my life. Yeah, much to my much to my wife's chagrin, like that's where me and my buddies discovered uh, Casey and JoJo with All My Life, which is a <laughs> fucking banger. Um, <laughs> I was not listening to Casey and JoJo in the '90s, and now. That's the only CD in my car. Um. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And if you enjoyed this episode, you can find all our episodes at Podbean or wherever you get your podcasts. If it if iTunes or Spotify only cuts you back to so far, because you'll know by the numbers, there's more. Go look you one of the different podcasters. You can find all our work. We are also on YouTube, but only audio. But we are on YouTube. If you want to listen if you rather listen to your podcast that way. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Twitter, so I appreciate you doing it. You'll see images and stuff that's upcoming with the show. And we did cover the whole MCU. Definitely go check that out. I put way too much of my life into that, so listen to those <laughs> long-ass episodes. That was an insanity plan, but we did the whole Infinity Saga, and I never, yeah, never again. <laughs> well, I record that much. Then. There's four movies that have come out since then. Yep, and I and I do, I talk about doing them every so often, but I'm just like, I just don't know if I have it in me to keep going. <laughs> we'll see. I want to, but I just, I don't know. <laughs> I'm kind of burned out on, on, on MCU. And I want to give a shout out to her awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Helena at Hellhast Fury. She's on TikTok. You can follow her there. You will see a link to her TikTok in the show notes. You will see also a link to these guys. And we have a Patreon. For as little as a dollar, you can go sign up to our Patreon and vote in our monthly polls we do every month. Decide what things we're going to cover sometimes. So 
definitely go check that out. And I'm planning to do more with it eventually with letting people choose games once a month, like from a list of four that I'm okay with. But I haven't decided yet. So I'm thinking about it. So definitely go check all that out. And so we will get everything I need. Oh, and I want to give a shout out to uh, Bill Tucker, a friend of the show who co-hosts with me many times. His podcast, Gamer Looks at 40. Definitely go check him out. And that's everything I need to say. So we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.